It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, and it is presented always by fantasypoints.com. Just use that code FEAST. All caps. That's the key. There's lots of reasons why you want to use that code. Number one, my co-host is a part owner of fantasypoints.com, the one and only Joe Dolan. Check him out on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. But also because that is how you can get Greg Cosell's great content and That is how you can be one of the names we announce each week that get a chance to go against us in our next Best Ball 10s draft, which will take place at the end of this month. We're naming two new contestants each week. I should mention, I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts. Check them all out at RossTucker.com or follow us at RossTuckerPod on social media and you will have access to all of them we do have a new youtube page youtube.com slash ross tucker nfl where you can see that penn state grad and penn state fan joe dolan has already jumped on the clemson bandwagon what do you have to say for yourself joe I, what I have to say for myself is Clemson is signing my wife's paychecks and paying my mortgage. So <laughs> I'm I'm very glad to be a Clemson fan now. Got it. All right. So, dude, that's kind of cool, though, for you that you'll still be a Penn State fan, Penn State alum. But now you kind of get to have like a, a second squad, if you will. And this just in, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's just hope um, there is Clemson football to be had. Um, I know, I know they've had uh, their share of uh, positive COVID tests. I don't want, I, you know what, Ross? I don't want to depress anybody. <laughs> let's 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 get to the NFL, which hopefully is going to have an easier time getting restarted than college football. Yeah, well, that's a whole other story for another day. But yes, I believe that the NFL will, because there's risk either way, right? In the NFL, there's the health risk, but there's already certain health risks with the orthopedic stuff, and then. There's obviously the financial risk at this point. What we talk about here is pro football. We talk about fantasy football. And you know, uh, we talked about it over the last few weeks, I'm a huge fan of the best ball draft format. You've said it before. The mock draft is over. It's all about best ball drafts. A, they're fun as hell. And B, it's the greatest practice you can get for your redraft league whenever it is that you'll be drafting late August, early September, whatever it is. I should mention at Ross Tucker NFL is my social media handles, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Also, I have to mention our two latest winners, Joe. It's really not complicated, guys. You go to fantasypoints.com. You use the code FEAST, all caps. If you do that and any other thing, rate and review the show, maybe an Amazon purchase, uh, become a patron, whatever, you're getting in. You're, you're getting into the big show against me and Joe. This week, it's Marcus Ragus, I think, Ragus, Ragus, and Michael Cole. So that's four down, six more to go. We're announcing two more 
each week over the next three weeks. So the 16th, the 23rd, the 30th, and then boom, Joe and I will dive into that July best ball 10 draft and we'll start taking contestants for the big one, the redraft league. So kudos to Marcus and Michael. Reminder, after you sign up at fantasypoints.com and use the code FEAST, send me the email, ross at rosstucker.com and say, Ross, you suck. Ross, I'm going to kill you. Ross, I'm way better than you and Joe, whatever. Although I got, I had this issue, Joe. And tell me if you do as well. I look at my best ball teams and almost every time I'm like, can't lose. Like, who's got a, who's got a better draft than that? I mean, look, I got this guy, I got this guy, <laughs> I got this guy. I, I know there are people in life that are like pessimistic and negative after they ha- after they do things or have drafts. I'm the opposite. I, I'm like, until Joe, I look at other people's team. Then I'm like, oh, shoot, that team's pretty good too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing with best ball, Ross. Um, and, and the thing you, you also have to do is you're, you're sitting there at the end of the draft and you're like, did I get enough of the guys at this position? Did I get enough of the guys here at that position? And Normally, normally you you can always look and say, hey, "Man, I should have taken another guy here." Ross, I noticed you took four quarterbacks, which I don't think I've ever seen in a in a twenty round best ball draft. So I want to hear you talk about that. But um, yeah, it's it's just a fun format, and you can you can experiment with different roster builds. And uh, obviously, the draft slot is randomized, so you can you can see how how teams shake out from uh, from early draft slots, later draft slots, and all of that. Right, so we don't need to go over every pick by every person in the draft, but we've decided that what's more instructive, right, than actual drafts and actual decisions that Joe and I had to make and we made in real time during the draft. And so we'll start with you, Joe, because you had the number two pick in this draft. McCaffrey, of course, went number one. Number two, was there any hesitation in your mind, or was it easy Saquon? Yeah, it's easy Saquon. Um, I think McCaffrey and Saquon are just are just in a different tier. That's not to say I don't like Zeke and Kamara and Mixon and Cook. Cook's obviously holding out, but no, I mean, if, if McCaffrey goes one, I'm taking Saquon at two. That that's one of those where uh, I, I always dis- talk about how sometimes if I get like the fourth pick in ten straight drafts. I might go with one guy six times and another guy four times just just to kind of just to kind of mix it up and diversify. Not the case with the second pick because I have McCaffrey and Saquon a separate tier. I would take Saquon 10 times out of 10 at number 2 if McCaffrey's always the first pick. I had the 10th pick and it's interesting running backs for the first 7 picks, then right before me two receivers went off the board. Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams. I was really debating in my mind between Nick Chubb and Miles Sanders. And I kind of went back and forth. I just think, look, I think they're both really good. But Nick Chubb's, I mean, Nick Chubb's a stud. Now, I feel like, Joe, he has more risk in terms of more weapons in Cleveland in general, and then in particular Kareem Hunt in the backfield, whereas Miles Sanders doesn't have much of a threat. 
So did I make a mistake in your mind? Would you have gone Miles Sanders instead of Nick Chubb? I would have taken Miles Sanders mostly because of the PPR format. Um, but Nick Chubb, see, I, I did our, our running back player profiles up at fantasypoints.com. And when I was wa- when I was just watching guys so I could get the the, the right uh, the right feel for them, I watched Nick Chubb and I'm like, man, you can make an easy argument. This guy's a top two or three runner in the entire NFL. Just right up there. I think when you watch Saquon Barkley, you're like, Jesus, that guy is good. But Nick Chubb kind of got gave me the same kind of visceral reaction watching him. So in terms of pure football player, I think he's a stud. I'm just a little worried that he's going to lose catches to Kareem Hunt. But if Kareem Hunt wasn't around, Nick Chubb's probably a top three or four fantasy pick. So, I, I mean, it's not egregious, Ross. I probably would have taken Sanders because I trust the receiving more. But that's not an egregious pick by any stretch. You know, it's funny, Joe, because I feel like I, I, I'm I'm very conscious in life of people's biases. And I feel like I have a Penn State and Eagles bias maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was hesitant. I'm like, am I just seeing Miles Sanders through those rose-colored glasses, whereas Nick Chubb, you know, led the NFL in rushing? And uh, we'll see. It's interesting. Um, Came back around after me. Miles Sanders was the next pick. Then Derrick Henry. Then Tyreek Hill. Then Aaron Jones. Came to me again at what would be pick 15. And I was really heavily debating here because I know we talked about previously about running backs. I was heavily debating Eckler and Kenyon Drake. I thought a little bit about taking one of the elite tight ends. I thought a little bit about a you know an elite receiver like a Julio Jones, but there's only about eight or nine running backs I really felt that good about. So the chance to get two of them, I wanted to take. I went with Eckler over Kenyon Drake. Uh, what do you think about those two guys for people that'll have that decision to make in their leagues? Yeah, that one's more. That one's more like I wouldn't make the same decision ten times out of ten. The thing I just worry about with Eckler, understanding, I actually think he's a better football player than Kenyon Drake. The only thing I worry about with Eckler is you go from Philip Rivers, who the the. the Chargers were comfortable having dropped back 35, sometimes even 40 times a game, and he's going to check the ball down. To now you go to Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert, and especially if Taylor's the quarterback, those checkdowns turn into runs and scrambles. And, and Justin Herbert's an athlete as well. So I'm just going to wonder. I mean, Austin Eckler was, I think, eight yards away from having a 1,000 yards receiving and joining Christian McCaffrey in that department. And I, I just don't know how he reaches that point with uh, Tyrod Taylor and, and Justin Herbert at quarterback because I think ideally they want those guys dropping back 25 times a game. I think that's a good point. Really good point. Um Moving along in the second round, when you were up, you took George Kittle. Second tight end off the board, Travis Kelsey had already gone off the board. We talked a couple weeks ago. You felt like you made a mistake reaching for Evan Ingram and that you just don't like the way your teams look Mm -hmm. unless you get one of these elite tight ends or wait. Talk to me about who else you were thinking about and the decision to take Kittle. The – 
Other guy I was thinking about here, which I really didn't want to do in the second round, was Melvin Gordon. Um, and only because, like I've, I've said in the past, I like to go kind of robust RB at the beginning, uh, to borrow a term from Matt Kelly, um, uh, the pod father. Um, I, I like to go robust running backs in best balls. Um, but this was an opportunity where I saw an elite, elite, elite player at the end of the second round. And I'll be honest, Ross. I don't necessarily love the way my teams look when I take a Kittle or Kelsey or even Mark Andrews early. I, I don't necessarily love the way those teams look. However, when I look at the players who went around George Kittle, I, I, I couldn't defend not taking him at this point. It was kind of one of those picks where I wish I had more options. Like, I, I wish Kenyon Drake fell to me. Or or I wish Aaron Jones fell to me, which doesn't really happen at the end of the second round. But this was a pick where I just kind of had to make it because when I look at the players who went around him, it, he was the last clearly elite, elite, elite player on the board. Unless, unless I go with a quarterback, which I really don't want to do at this stage. Then in the third round, you got the other guy you were deciding between. You got Melvin Gordon. What am I missing here, Joe? Like, did Philip Lindsay die? Like what, yeah. what happened? Like I, 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 am I? I thought Philip Lindsay. Every time I've watched the Broncos, Philip Lindsay's good. Like what? What happened here? So there is clearly something about Philip Lindsay, and I wonder if it's his size, if it's his style, that the Broncos don't think. Not that they don't like him, but I wonder if they just don't think he can be a full time running back. So I also look at it this way: they bring in Melvin Gordon, who I mean. You look at the contract, and it, it seems like it's pennies for a good player, but they actually paid him decent money for what running backs make these days. And there is one stat that stood out to me when I was breaking down this backfield. And if you look at all the players who over the last two seasons have 90 or more targets, the dead last player in yards per reception is Philip Lindsay. If you, if you expand that window to 70 targets over the last two seasons, Philip Lindsay falls to second lowest in yards per reception, and Royce Freeman becomes the last. So I think one thing that very clearly happened here is the Broncos wanted somebody they could play on third downs and they could play uh, in goal line situations, situations where Melvin Gordon has had success in the past. Uh, you know, he's, he's had double-digit touchdown seasons. He's been a really good receiver up and over near near nine yards per reception uh, in over the last couple of seasons. I think he's going to get the calorie-rich fantasy touches in that backfield, third down and at the goal line. I think they view Philip Lindsay as somebody who's going to get eight to ten touches per game, but as long as Melvin Gordon is playing on third downs, I think he is going to pay off there. So that is why I like Melvin Gordon this year. I know he's boring, but I think they paid him. I think they paid him to be the guy who's going to play on those key downs. So that's why I took Melvin Gordon here. Later in the third round, I had my pick was – Odell Beckham Jr. I, I, I'm evidently higher on Odell Beckham Jr. than other people are. You know, I think Baker Mayfield's going to have a bounce back year in Stefanski's system. I think Stefanski knows how to get the most out of Odell Beckham Jr. And I can't emphasize enough, the guy played with a sports hernia last year. Yeah. First of all, there were certain guys in the league that didn't even try to play with a sports hernia. Odell did, still made some plays. 
toughed it out. I've had that injury my senior year of college. It is a pain in the butt. Now, does that mean he'll be healthy this year? I don't know. He gets hurt a lot, it seems like. But I just think in a best ball league, Odell is going to have some big games with Stefanski this year. So I look at – look, I – I also look at the fact that he had a really tough schedule last year. You know, not only do you play in that division where you got to face off Joe Hayden twice and the Ravens twice, uh, but he also had matchups with top corners like Stefan Gilmore and Trey White. Um, he had to deal with Xavier Howard in Miami last year. Uh, had a matchup with Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman. I mean, he had a nasty schedule last year. So I think that that is a lot of reason to to assume Odell Beckham's going to bounce back in a big way. Coming back in the fourth round, I got Mark Andrews at tight end. You know, I think we talked about a couple weeks ago, Joe, um, just about how there were quote unquote three high end or elite tight ends. So I guess I felt like getting him in the fourth round was pretty good value and better than the second receiver options that were out there. What do you think? I think it was, I think it's a totally fine pick. I like Mark Andrews this year. Um, I, you would, you, you can make the easy argument because he was last year that he's the Ravens number one receiver. You already had two running backs. Some of the running backs who are on the board at this point, major flaws. David Johnson ran like a refrigerator last year. Chris Carson's coming off of injury. They brought in Carlos Hyde. So, you know, I think you can also look at the fact, and and you mentioned that, there are plenty of wide receivers left on the board that you felt comfortable passing on them. Um, I'm sure it hurt to pass on Adam Thielen and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, but, I, I mean, it's a completely defensible pick, Ross, and a good pick. Your next three picks, Joe, in the fourth, fifth, and sixth, all wide receivers who I like. You got Robert Woods in the fourth, you know, Brandon Cooks is gone. He and I think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna be very good. I think they're gonna be trailing in a lot of games. I think Woods are gonna rack up the numbers along with Cup. It's one of the reasons why I took Jared Goff. Mm -hmm. Then you got you got DJ Chark in Jacksonville, and then a, a guy I, I think is poised for a breakout year. I think Michael Gallup's a total freak show. I don't think we talk enough about Michael Gallup. Well, he's kind of buried there in the in the discourse because they have Amari Cooper and they have CeeDee Lamb and they have Zeke and, you know, God knows when Dak Prescott, if he's going to get signed, you know. So my, people are forgetting about Michael Gallup, but he's the X. You know, Amari Cooper's the Z. They'll probably play, uh, play uh, CeeDee Lamb in the slot a lot of the time. So Michael Gallup, he's the guy they trust to be their quote-unquote number one receiver. And I understand the the thought that, man, they could really struggle to find targets for all these guys. But like I've mentioned in the past, like, believe it or not, like Randall Cobb and Jason Witten are vacating nearly 170 targets between the two of them. So there's a lot, there is a lot to go around here um, that, that could go to CeeDee Lamb, could go to Blake Jarwin, or could get usurped by somebody like Michael Gallup. And the thing I like about it is he's my number three receiver on this team. I typically don't draft three receivers in the first six rounds, but this is one I, I decided to go for a little bit different build. If you remember, I did not like my wide receivers on the team that uh, we did last month. So I decided I was going to go a little bit wide receiver heavier than uh, than I typically do. And I ended up with a nice one, two, three, even though I think I'm hurting for depth a little bit. My next two picks were both receivers. Tyler Lockett in the fifth round, Stephon Diggs in the sixth round. I, I don't feel like 
Stephon Diggs is getting enough love. He is a really good player. Josh Allen's going into year three. It's the first time Josh Allen's had a number one receiver. And the Bills traded a lot for Diggs. Like, they're going to use him. They're, they're going to throw the ball to him a lot. Yeah, it's just a matter of do you think they're going to drop back 40 times a game? I still don't think that's their I still don't think that's their MO. They want to run the football and I think they're going to do that with with not just Allen, but with uh but with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Um but in the 6th round Ross, uh, you, the one thing you would think with Josh Allen there and with Diggs's talent, remember this is best ball. He's going to have some huge games. So even if you don't think he's going to be consistent throughout the year, if he's going to have some huge games, I think it's a comp- uh, I, I think it's a great pick, honestly, at that stage as your number three receiver. Speaking of great picks, Joe, anytime you go to DraftKings and get the sportsbook app on your phone, that is a great pick. It is a legitimate sportsbook based right here in the U.S., so you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. It's also America's top-rated sportsbook app. So whether you want to bet on golf this weekend, English Premier League, Spanish La Liga, or what about Fight Island? Bet 20 to win 100 on the main event of Usman versus Masvidal. Look, I love watching people punch each other. You either do or you don't. I do. I, I love violence. I love watching people hit each other. Let me just tell you, you put a little money on it, you love it even more. You really do. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code ROSS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus, $1,000. Just enter code ROSS when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indian, or PA only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first pet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Joe, you are up next. Then you went back-to-back running backs in the 7th and the 8th. James White and Tevin Coleman. Well, I obviously made this Tevin Coleman pick before Raheem Mostert requested a trade. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with that that spot, but I've been drafting Coleman in this range anyway. Even I, I haven't been in on Mostert at his price. Um, and James White, here's he's kind of slipping through the cracks. And typically, you always want to draft the cheapest Patriot running back. This year, that's either Rex Burkhead or Damian or uh, Damian Harris. I I like Harris in particular, uh, especially with Sony Michelle coming off of foot surgery, but Cam Newton. To me, he just raises the entire ceiling of this offense. So I'm willing to take a shot on James White. And I know we look at Cam Newton and say, oh, he's like he's like a Josh Allen or a Tyrod Taylor because they, they can run. They, they don't check the ball down. But he does have experience throwing to a really good receiving back in Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey had a huge season with Cam Newton at quarterback. So I, I'm comfortable taking James White here as a third running back, knowing he's going to have some games where he has five, six catches, and that's going to be enough to get him into my lineup. And he's also really good in the red zone and at the goal line. They've used him in that spot. Um, I think you remember him certainly from Super Bowl 51 on the trick play, the direct snap, stuff like that. They really trust him in those, as I said with Melvin Gordon, calorie-rich fantasy situations. So with Cam Newton raising the ceiling of this offense, I'm much more comfortable being in on the Patriots. So then I got a couple running backs as well after that, Joe. And I got Ronald Jones 
in the seventh and Matt Breida in the eighth. Again, what am I missing here? Like, Jones is the guy in Tampa right now. I know they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn, but it's Jones. I mean, it's especially with a rookie with no training camp and stuff. And then Breida, I I know they have Jordan Howard in Miami. I just think Breida has a great chance to be the guy there. So in the seventh and eighth round, for me to get two guys, I think are going to be the guy for their team. Again, what what why am I wrong here? Like why why are these guys even available in the seventh and eighth round? Well, I have a blind spot with Ronald Jones because I did not like him as a prospect coming out of USC. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it's funny to point out, Ross, that Keyshawn Vaughn went the pick right after you drafted Ronald Jones. Um, so there's two Tampa Bay running backs back to back. I'm just not sure about Jones. You know, could obviously you didn't know this at the time. Could Tampa Bay be in on Raheem Mostert? They've already expressed interest in Devontae Freeman. So it suggests that they're not done tinkering in the backfield. Um, because, I mean, Bruce Arians has flat out said they expressed interest in Devontae Freeman. Brita, I like, because, again, you would think in that backfield, Jordan Howard, I thought he looked pretty good in Philly last year before he got hurt, but he did get hurt, and he's not an accomplished receiver by any stretch of the imagination. I think Brita's a great pick at that spot. Another player, I haven't drafted him a lot, honestly, and I probably should be more in on him because – I think there's a really easy pathway to Matt Breida leading that backfield in fantasy production. You know, I'm just glancing at the rest of your picks, Joe, and I, I really like what you did. I mean, Josh Allen in the ninth round, he's a guy that he's going to have some big games with his legs and arm. And then later on, the 14th, you get Kirk Cousins, who's kind of like your steady Eddie, right? Like yeah. Kirk Cousins is going to give you a certain amount of points every week. Allen is going to be the variance to give you some bigger weeks from you know time to time. Then I think Duke Johnson in the 11th round is a good pick. I really like Jarwin in the 12th and Dawson Knox in the in the 16th. It's a little interesting to me. You take Kittle in the second, and yet you were still able to get two starting tight ends in the 12th and 16th rounds. So the reason I'm more likely to go with three tight ends even than three quarterbacks, even when I take a stud like Kittle, is because you can flex a tight end in a best ball. So you can't flex a quarterback. So there is a better chance that Blake Jarwin, Dawson Knox are going to find my way into the into the lineup than if I were to take a third quarterback. And look, I'm taking a risk. I'm somebody who drafted a lot of Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton in best balls last year. Obviously, my return on investment on that was horrendous because those guys got hurt. And if you don't have a quarterback, your best ball team is going to sink. But I just thought I I had more upside here with Jarwin and Knox. You know, with Jarwin and Michael Gallup, I have two corners of the Dallas passing game covered. With Dawson Knox, I kind of mini stacked him with Josh Allen. And I think Dawson Knox could score some touchdowns this year. So that was the rationale there some of the other picks you got um at receiver you took jerry judy Nikhil harry uh and anthony miller i feel like anthony miller doesn't get a whole lot of love either no everybody thinks mitchell trubisky stinks and um but you know nick Foles might win that job and i think nick Foles is somebody who's thrown to the slot very effectively in his career so i think anthony miller is going to be somebody who very easily could finish second on the bears and targets behind Allen robinson so if i'm going to get somebody who i think could finish top two on a team in targets in those teen rounds i think that's usually a pretty good buy and look again with Nikhil harry not exactly somebody i was targeting two weeks ago in fantasy drafts but that big bodied receiver with cam newton throwing 
throwing the ball, I'll start dabbling in some Nikhil Harry, especially if he's going to last to the 15th round. So looking at my draft, my next two rounds, ninth and 10th, I think this is the second best ball in a row where I got Robbie Anderson and Brashad Perriman. I don't know that we need to talk about him again, but I thought this is like the definition of the kind of best ball guys you want to have. They're each going to have three to five games where they catch four to six balls for 80 to 120 yards, right? I mean, they're going to, they're each going to have like three to five, four to six games where they really help me. They're inconsistent. I get it, but this is not redraft. This is best ball. Yeah, I like Brashad Perriman a lot, Ross. I told you on the last podcast, I don't know how I feel about Robbie Anderson because I just don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to throw the ball down the field. And I honestly would have preferred taking the two receivers who went after that for you, Christian Kirk or Darius Slayton, um, because I think they offer similar upside with quarterbacks who I just frankly think are better and are more aggressive throwers. So I told you that last time, but maybe you are really in on Robbie Anderson. I might have the blind spot for him because I don't love the fit with him in Carolina. But in terms of your player evaluation of him, that I totally agree with. And I think he's a very intriguing, uh, interesting kind of best ball option because of his skill set. Yeah, so you mentioned the four quarterbacks. That was a uh, auto pick fail. You know, I've, okay. I usually, I set my cue, and then I set it to auto for this round, so that it, you know whoever's available out of my queue, I get. I don't know how that happened because in the third round, in the fourteenth, uh, I wanted to take a third quarterback. Fifteenth, I did, and Jimmy G. Which is I was a good not pick. supposed to get Rivers in the sixteenth. That was an auto draft fail. I would not have taken a fourth quarterback. Uh, I did want to ask you, though, about a couple other guys I got. My my two and three tight ends were Noah Fant and David Njoku. Mm-hmm. You know, with Njoku asking for a trade, I guess I felt like, hey, who knows? Maybe he, maybe he gets into a good situation somewhere. So here's the thing with Njoku, because I've been drafting him a lot, too, as kind of that number two, number three tight end. And the reason I've been doing that is, is A, number one, the Browns don't want to trade him. They want to use him. The Browns want to use David Njoku. So uh, that's one reason. But if he manages to wriggle his way out of Cleveland and he gets into a spot, like let's say he goes to Washington, which really needs a tight end. Let's say he goes to Indianapolis, which really could use a tight end to replace Eric Ebron. Then all of a sudden he has some upside there. So that's what you want to do in these later rounds with these best balls, Ross. You got a guy in the 17th round who – A, number one, the Browns want to play two tight ends, okay? They want to play 12 personnel. That's why they want to keep him. So if he stays in Cleveland, you arguably have two of their top four targets in the passing game in Odell Beckham and David Njoku. But if he says, screw you guys, I'm out of here, trade me, and he ends up in a spot where – he could end up starting. You have massive upside there. So that is exactly how you should be looking to attack in a best ball. Somebody like this who could get more opportunity. So in the 18th round, I took Randall Cobb. I mean, the Texans gave him pretty good money. Yes, they did. You know, they lose DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like he's almost maybe my steady Eddie. You know, he could be a baseline five catches, 65 yards or whatever. And then in the 20th round, I, I guess I took your advice and I took Rex Burkhead. That's a great pick. You know, he got the guaranteed money. He's going to be on the roster. Um, and, you know, maybe he ends up being the guy that they feature in a bunch of games. He's a great pick. Uh, and and a couple years ago, 
I really, and, and Hanson will admit to this too, we really hyped up Rex Burkhead. We loved him. And, you know, all of a sudden everybody started buying in and he's going in like the fifth, sixth round and then he gets hurt and it doesn't pay off. And then once again, everybody should have been drafting uh, James White, which nobody ever wanted to do. He he was the cheaper Patriot running back and he turns out he was the best value. This year, Rex Burkhead is the cheapest Patriot running back. And there's typically three or four who go in every draft. The third of which is a guy I've already talked about a million times. Somebody I love in Damian Harris. He typically goes ahead of Burkhead, but he went in the 14th round in this draft. Rex Burkhead in the 20th. I mean, Ross, there's, it's just, you know, he's going to have two games and there's a chance he leads this backfield in scoring. So that's a really good pick at that spot. His name is Joe Dolan. You got to follow him on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. And of course, check out all his great stuff at fantasypoints.com. Just make sure you use the code FEAST, all caps, when you do it, because I'll already start looking through the candidates for next week's best ball 10 draft winners. Who's going to be going against Joe and I in our next best ball 10 draft? And we'll be talking about that draft here at some point on the Fantasy Feast podcast. Please check out, speaking of fantasypoints.com, please check out Greg Cosell tomorrow on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast as we will dive into hurry-up, up-tempo offenses, why they're so effective. And I should also mention yesterday on the Even Money Podcast, wow, Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus, he had some doozies. Dwayne Haskins, evidently, according to their grades, was a top 10 quarterback it's, it's when at the end of the season, starting in week 11, and the best in the NFC East. Even if you hate that and despise that guy, hate listen. Hate listen to that show yesterday, the Even Money Podcast. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.